so do I have this right? Do I have this right that Alistair Begg is recommending that people take gifts and attend gay gifts to and attend gay marriage ceremonies, gay quote unquote weddings? Do I have this right? Because this seems to be the rumor on the wire among other um, polemics and discernment ministries out there. This seems to be the shatter. And it's it sounds like I have this right, although honestly, I wish I didn't. Yeah, this is kind of a, a little bit of an emergency, maybe. Of course, I use the opportune time of an ambulance passing to make that point. But uh, thank you for joining me for the Bullet Pew podcast for uh, January... This is January uh, 18th now. January 18th, the month is moving fast. And you are riding around with me, uh, your host, David Morrill, uh, from Protestia.com. And this is, like I said, the Bully Pew podcast, where um, I just talk about uh, stuff that's on my mind and rant on things. This podcast, of course, like all other Protestia content, is brought to you primarily by our wonderful and intrepid patron supporters who, for $5.95 a month and up, support this ministry on an ongoing financial level, and we very much appreciate their support. I hope you do as well. If you are tuning in as a freeloader, we love you too, and we would encourage you to join uh, with us financially if uh, how do we say it in evangelicalism? If God puts that on your heart, <laughs> if if uh, you are being led uh, by the Spirit to support the work of polemics and discernment, we would uh, we would ask humbly that you um, that you join the fight with us. You can do that by going over to, pa- over to patreon.com forward slash protestia and join up there. You'll get ad-free browsing on the website. You'll get the full version of Protestia Tonight, which is uh, usually a weekly podcast, although right now is um, less often because we're in the midst of studio remodels and things. And, and the ironic part about it is I don't think that um, to a large degree anybody's going to notice the remodel because generally speaking, I use a screen and I put myself digitally wherever I want to be in terms of the background. So probably won't even notice a change. Uh, we'll see. Yeah, there may be a few little changes. But in the meantime, uh, I will do Protestia Tonight podcasting as much as I can from in my vehicle, just like I am doing the Bully Pube podcast right now. Uh, it is a sunny day over here in Denver. It was bitter cold like it was in much of the country the past uh, few days. Uh, earlier in the week, it was below zero in a lot of parts of the country. And now the snow over here, if it gets sunny at all, and if it gets above about 30 degrees, the snow melts, and it melts pretty fast. And so that's that's what it looks like over here. Hopefully uh, you and uh, your family stayed warm when it was cold in your neck of the woods, assuming that it was. So anyway, so so Alistair Begg, who, um, see if I can, you know, recall his bio off the top of my head. Uh, if I remember correctly, he's a pastor of... I want to say Parkside Church. I don't know if it's Parkside Bible Church, Baptist Church, whatever, uh, near Cleveland, Ohio. He's Scottish and born and raised in Scotland and now is a pastor in Cleveland, Ohio, the Cleveland, Ohio area. He has a ministry online called Truth for Life, and that's like his his preaching ministry. Um, similar in structure as far as I know to a lot of other uh, you know, preaching and teaching ministries for um, fairly well-known pastors and things. Um, but he's identifiably Scottish. If you hear a gentleman preaching um, you know, on the radio, on recordings and things like that in the conversation, and he sounds like um, what Mel Gibson in Braveheart was trying to sound like, that you've, that you've got the right guy. That's Alistair Begg. And he um, recently 
I think it was on a radio show or a podcast or something. It sounded like this was covered over at uh, Evangelical Dark Web and then spread some, to some other areas. I'm not sure who got it first. Probably Ray did, um, I think. But uh, anyway, Alistair Begg is on is answering a question, and the question was something along the lines of my, you know, I don't know if it was a son or a nephew or some sort of a younger relative is getting gay, quote unquote, married. And having a ceremony in the whole nine yards, and um, I'm assuming it sounded like the questioner was kind of assuming. I'm assuming that at you being an Orthodox um, evangelical uh, minister, a conservative, as far as we all knew, pretty reliably conservative theologically, would say, uh, "Yeah, it would. It would be a mistake. It would be wrong. It would. It may even be sinful to attend uh, this this gay uh, quote unquote marriage ceremony." And, and yet Alistair Begg seemed to have a different, uh, a different suggestion. He seemed to say, if I can summarize this right, that uh, as long as the person knows, as long as your loved one, your relative, whatever knows, and, and we're presuming in this situation that this, this person is not claiming to be a Christian, because I would argue that puts the, the relationship and the, the recommendations in, into a different category, but assuming that this person is not claiming to be a Christian, um, then, then uh, Begg's recommendation was, well, as long as they know that you think it's a sin, as long as they know, you know, what you believe about this as a Christian, then you should go to the gay wedding ceremony and bring a gift, apparently bring a gift for the gay couple. Um, because you might take them, you, you might take them off guard. I think he said it something like that. You're going to, you're going to surprise them and, and, and maybe knock them off balance because after all, we, we would assume that if you simply say, um, I don't believe, I believe that this is sinful. I believe it goes against God's design. I believe the Bible's clear about it. And therefore I believe participate, participating in any sort of celebration or ceremony for something that God has declared to be sin. And in fact, you know, uh, wickedly grievous. I mean, you know, this, you know, sin against an, the Bible describes this as an unnatural sin. You are taking an institution that God created the institution of marriage and perverting it. Um, if I participate in that in any way, um, I am saying I am, I am, uh, bearing false witness against God. I'm lying about him. I I'm, I'm, you know, by my actions, proclaiming something that is false and isn't true. This is false worship. I can't participate. You know, it, whether whether or not you understand why I can't participate is immaterial to me because I follow Christ and I obey the word of God. And that as, as my act of worship. And so, no, I will not be participating in your fake marriage ceremony. I will not be participating in your celebration of abject depravity and sin. I will not be bringing a gift to signal in any way that, that I am even the slightest bit in approval with what you're doing. Rather than that, it seems like Alistair Begg said, no, I mean, bring a, bring a gift, uh, show up to the ceremony and bring a gift because you'll surprise them because, because after all, we would assume that they think that you're a hateful, judgmental bigot and, and, you know, some sort of, some sort of bad Christian fundamentalist, you know, bad person. And if you show up to their ceremony and bring them a gift, well, then you're going to surprise them. They, they, I mean, they, that might make them stop and think twice like, Oh, wow. I didn't real. I mean, Christians are, they're better people than I thought they were. 
they're more loving and understanding than I thought they were. Um, they're not judging me like I thought they would. And therefore what? Like, I mean, I guess he's, he's arguing that then that makes them more likely to turn to Christ, more likely to repent, more, more likely to apparently, you know, because repenting in this area would involve uh, breaking off this, this uh, sinful uh, romantic relationship that they have with a, a member of the same sex in direct opposition to God's word repenting of their sins and trusting in Jesus Christ, which, which, I mean, let's, let's, let's not pull any punches here for somebody coming out of not only homosexual behavior, but something where they have made life decisions and institutional commitments pursuant to this, to this behavior, um, repentance, turning to Christ, turning from this is going to be a, um, a, a, a major change, a very difficult, uh, you know, I would argue cross to bear at this point to, to abandon their formerly wicked ways. Um, it's going to involve a lot of pain and heartache to do this. And I mean, that it would certainly be evidence of course, of, of true regeneration to watch a professing homosexual who quote unquote is married. So they, they, they have a, a legal arrangement in this country now with this person of the, the, the same sex to, uh, to abandon that, to turn away from that, to, um, uh, to reject that former life is going to be a major, major, uh, change and sign of repentance. And, and yet I, I guess we're going to somehow get them to do this by making sure they know, Hey, we're not the hateful bigots that they think we are. If we surprise them at their at their fake wedding, at their celebration of immorality, so they, they c- celebrate immorality here, and we're going to show up with a gift to give to the the couple who is living in abject rebellion to God, and and um, declaring their rejection of God, uh, not only His special revelation, but also His uh, natural revelation, the the law of God that's been written on the heart of every man. Uh, is why we can reliably say that uh, both believers and unbelievers know that homosexuality is wrong. That's why the Bible only has to mention it a few times because it's 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 so obvious. All you have to do is look down, look down, and you'll be able to tell that it's wrong. Be able to tell that it's outside of God's order. That it is is an immoral rejection of God's design. Even the pagans know this kind of stuff. And yet, apparently, our our, our um, strategy in evangelicalism, according to Alistair Begg, for, from what I can tell, is to uh, make sure that they, you know, that, that we pull like a little stunt, and that's what it is. It's a stunt to to knock them off balance and help them realize, oh, Christians aren't that bad after all. You know what? I mean, what are you, you're going to make them think? Okay, so my grandma or my aunt or whoever this relative is is you know supposedly a Christian. I mean, you know, she says she's a Christian. She says that she um, that she believes what I'm doing is sinful, and believes it's not a real marriage. Uh, that that this none of this is real according to what she believes, and yet uh, apparently she's going to still show up with a present anyway. And then your conclusion from that is going to be, oh, she's not that bad. I should listen to her. Would your conclusion not rather not more likely be, oh, she's a hypocrite. She says she believes this stuff, but she really doesn't. 
So she she has these beliefs. She she's rejecting what I'm doing and my uh, my husband, quote unquote, um, this person that I've entered into this legal arrangement with, and in um, rejection of God's order. Um, she's going to say that she doesn't approve of that, and yet by her actions she does approve of it, which of course would actually lead me to believe that she's not actually rejecting the behavior, she's just rejecting me. She's a hypocrite. Her her standard of not wanting to come to this, this you know, supposedly rejecting my behavior in this relationship is not a real standard. It's some sort of pressure standard. It's something that, that she she's almost being forced to say by way of her um, supposed belief in this Christianity thing. So she'll say those things so she can stay in with the group. So she'll stay in with the church and, and the, the fundamentalist uh, you know Christian culture and community because that's what they want her to say. But then when the chips are down, you know, when we're when when we're sort of in secret, when nobody's watching, she's still going to tacitly approve of what I'm doing by showing up to the celebration and bringing a present anyway. Um, I mean, it's and it's not a perfect analogy, but we remember when Paul rebuked Peter for uh, basically acting like the Judaizers, showing partiality within the church. To, to those who were of the circumcision party, those who thought, that, hey, we need, to, we need to still be practicing the, the Jewish laws to be truly Christian, to be fully, you know, the most, the most uh, faithful expression of Christianity is, going, is still going to be found within the old Jewish customs versus these Gentiles, these uncircumcised types over here that don't really understand what it's all about. And, you know, so, P- so Peter would, you know, sit and eat with the... With that, he would show partiality to the to the uh, the Jewish, you know, Christians in the church, and um, and and basically reject, at least in his behavior, the Gentile Christians of the church. Like he would say the right thing. He would say, "Oh yeah, we're all believers here. You know, this is there's not there's not a, neither Jew nor Greek. Uh, we're all one in Christ Jesus." And yet, in his actions, say something different. Um, is Alistair Begg not encouraging similar behavior, similar hypocrisy here? When he says, yeah, I mean, as long as they know, as long as they know what you say you believe, then it doesn't particularly matter if your actions agree with that or not. If you, so your, your, your behavior can say, yes, like on paper I believe that homosexuality is a sin on paper I believe that this is this marriage is not only not a real marriage but it's actually an insult to God it's it's a celebration of sin it's idolatrous it's all of these things that I that I know as a Christian full well I should not be endorsing or participating in in any way um, as long as you know that then I'm make an exception here you know, just so you know, I'm not a hateful person. Just so you know that that, so so you know that you know your relationship with me matters. Uh, I want to keep that. And and this is, I mean, people, this is such a a common error, such a common sin sinful position to take in in um, modern evangelicalism. This sort of relationship um, relationship evangelism. And this error of the connection you have with the person, which of course is totally dependent on what they think about you. It's in the eye of the beholder. This connection and relationship you have with a person, a lost person, um, or even, you know, we might even say somebody who claims Christ and yet acts like a lost person, practices immorality, does these kinds of things. 
the, the, the maintaining that relationship is the number one goal. Change what you say, change how you say it, anything you can do, um, any corners you have to round off of the plain truth of God's word on an issue um, in order to uh, live to fight another day. So don't tell your, your, uh, your gay relative here or your, your family member who is practicing these kinds of things, don't, don't tell them what the Bible teaches about this and then actually live that out which is what, what Jesus instructed us to do, right? As Jesus said, if you're not willing to hate your father and mother, you're not willing to hate these relationships, these family members, for my sake, you can't be my follower. He wasn't saying that you have to do that, but when the chips are down, when the chips are down and it's, do you maintain your relationship with this person? Because they're, they're gonna feel bad when you do this. You know, they're not gonna like you very much when you say, I'm not celebrating sin with you. Um, I'm not bringing a gift to to your uh, idolatrous, perverted ceremony that you're gonna that you're gonna have. They're not gonna like it very much. Um, when the chips are down, are you willing to say, "Hey, yeah, you know, that's 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 unfortunate that you feel that way, but I'm not. My allegiance is to Jesus Christ, and I can't consistently tell you. I can't, with any integrity, tell you that this is real. What I believe is real. It's important that God demands holiness." That, that freedom can be found in salvation in Jesus Christ from these sins, and they are sins. Repentance um, and turning away from those sins and trusting in Jesus Christ uh, is the path to freedom from these things. I can't reliably tell you that, while at the same time, like, well, just this once, just this once, I'll show up and bring a gift, and I mean, you know, wink, wink, we all know what I actually believe, despite what I'm practicing here. Um, like, real Christians can't do that. They shouldn't do that. That's that. It's it's cowardly. It's selfish. It is it is placing relationships in an idolatrous position over allegiance to God, over allegiance to uh, Jesus Christ. And yeah, the, the the recommendation is from from Alistair Begg to to do this kind of a thing is not it's not only concerning because it's it's just bad theology. It's bad practice. It's bad application of the word. Um, but it's concerning because how many of us would have said um, reliably that Alistair Begg is a solid minister of the gospel who would never recommend something like this? He knows better. He understands that uh, sanctific- Christian uh, holiness and sanctification um, is required of us. This is something that believers do. And we're not called to compromise the integrity of our practice because everything you do, everything you do, whether it's in church or not, or, or in, in, in private or public or whatever, is a, a form of worship. It's saying something about God. And Alistair Begg knows this. And yet this is, it's, it's, it's like a pragmatic compromise saying, well, you know, you, you, you don't want to hurt the relationship because you might have the opportunity, you, you know, you might lose that opportunity to, to bring them to Christ, to build a bridge or whatever. I mean, he said some of this stuff in the clip, if I remember correctly, um, that, that you, you need to keep your, your seat at the table with this person so that later, I mean, you, later you might be able to bring them to Christ. And like, I, I don't know off the top of my head what Alistair Begg's uh, soteriology is. I thought it was reformed. Like I thought he was a, uh, you know, a Calvinist. I thought he uh, believed in the doctrines of, of grace, God's sovereignty, and salvation. 
So it 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 always boggles the mind to hear um, preachers and teachers that supposedly are reformed in their soteriology, their belief about the order of salvation uh, being that it is the work of God entirely. It always baffles the mind to see those those kind of preachers say something like, "Well, we need to we need to make sure we keep the doors open with this person so that we can bring them to Christ." As if we bring anybody to Christ, as if regeneration doesn't precede faith, as if hey, if if we can just stay with them long enough, and they can like us enough, and they can realize that we really do care about them, we really it does really does matter. And yeah, we I mean we might have these these pesky beliefs about behavior and morality. Um, there, but but we're not gonna, you know, we're not gonna take those seriously versus our relationship. Like they're more important to us than our beliefs. As long as they realize that, and we and we keep our seat at the conversation table with them, then we'll we we're, we'll still have a chance to win them to Christ. Like that's not how salvation works. We know this. It's not our call to uh, pick and choose and modify uh, what parts of God's truth we live by, whether by proclamation or by behavior. And yet he seems to be very clearly recommending something like that. Now I would be, I would be very encouraged if I heard him come out and say, you know, yeah, I, I actually should not have recommended that. You know, I, in, in my zeal to, um, want to win people to Christ and things like that, I, you know, basically tripped and, you know, fell off the tracks here for a second, but that's not actually an appropriate um, thing for a Christian to do, to engage in behavior that would uh, you know, indicate that they either believe in um, that, that gay quote-unquote marriage is okay, or at least that it's not a serious issue, when it very clearly is. Um, I mean, I would be encouraged to see him, him turn around and, and fix that. But the, the, the deeper, more concerning part, of course, is when you, you, when you believe that a preacher or a teacher is solid on these things, and then a, a giant fissure, a crack in their theology shows up like this, then you wonder. It, it makes you wonder how many other cracks are just beneath the surface. You know, how, how much of what seems like a very solid and uh, biblical and orthodox body of teaching um, is is ready to break. Um, that's the concerning thing, and that's 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 one of the component component components. Excuse me, of being discerning, of being a discerning Christian, is like as as far as I'm concerned, this puts Alistair Begg on probation at the best in terms of being in public ministry because a solid a solid preacher would never make this kind of an error. He shouldn't have made this kind of an error. I mean, I think if I remember correctly, I have a like a study Bible, um, you know, of the many Bibles that I have and have access to, I have a, a Spurgeon study Bible, and I believe all the commentary is written by Alistair Begg. It's a a CSB, like you know, the the the, the Southern Baptist, like the Holman, um, you know, translation that the the latest one called the Christian Standard Bible. Uh, which is mostly good. I mean, I got a few issues with it, but the the Spurgeon Study Bible that I have, I believe all of the all of the um, the commentary and the things that are written in the actual uh, in the study portion of the book are all written by Alistair Begg. And and so when you see uh, somebody that you say hey, this person is reliable, they're solid, 
I'm not going to have to, we're not going to have to write an article about them at Protestia because of some sort of grievous error, then uh, commits a grievous error like this, and this is a pretty grievous error, then you wonder, you know, how much, how much of the rest of what they're teaching is just, is what they really believe or is really indicates a solid commitment to, to doctrine and practice and how much of it is this is what they preach and teach and, and whatnot because it's what the the audience wants so yeah that's you know i hope, I hope this uh this conversation has been helpful to you i'm concerned obviously we're going to keep our eye on this um go over to protestia by the way go to protestia right now there's a very interesting article um not about Alistair Begg, but about the Southern Baptist Convention's quote-unquote cooperation group. And it's exactly what we said it was at the end of the 2023 meeting. Uh, James Merritt and the rest of the platform SBC president types that went up there at the last second and dropped a poison pill into the drink of Southern Baptist messengers to open up this cooperation group. Um, it's exactly what we said it was. They're going, they're, they're going to try to use this group to undermine the very clear will of the SBC messengers, which is to codify the governing documents of the convention to um, make it clear that churches with women pastors are not in friendly cooperation. They're trying to undermine the law amendment, trying to undermine the recent language change to the BFNM 2000. Um, and, they're, and they're trying to muddy the waters to the point where um, any sort of... Uh, doctrinal standard on women pastors can't reliably be enforced as far as friendly cooperation would go. That's, that article is over at Protestia right now. Uh, anyway, thank you for joining me for this uh, shorter episode of the Bully Pew podcast. Stay tuned to protestia.com for all of your latest in Christian polemics and discernment news. Have a good end of your week. Go to church on Sunday and worship the Lord with the saints. And if you're in Colorado, maybe I'll see you there. As always, Semper Reformanda.